Good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? What con what convention is this? Sixty <laughs> third annual convention of the Florida Council of the Blind. Isn't that incredible? Yay. Give yourselves a hand for being here. I know it's early. I appreciate everybody that did make the effort. I want you to chastise all your friends that are still at breakfast or in bed for not being here. And uh, we will uh, go from there. Uh, our voting panel is <clears throat> almost all here. Uh, we're going to do that in just a few minutes. <laughs> I'm not touching anything, John. <clears throat> Can you shut it up? Okay. Um, I apologize to all you streamers. I hope everybody's listening in and enjoying uh, the buzz. We'll try to keep that to a dull roar. Um, anyway, I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to stand up here as your president and welcome you all. Uh, and I'm excited for the next two days of this convention, the great programming that we have in store for you. Uh, the workshops later this morning, this panel presentation. Um, the um, first thing that we have to do before we um, start with our voting uh, panel is we have to read twice the constitutional amendment that we're going to ask you to approve tomorrow. Um, this constitutional amendment was in the convention call which should have been circulated to all of you. I will read it twice. I will explain what the changes are. The changes are in Article 11 of the Constitution. Uh, we took what was Article 11 of the Constitution and renamed, lettered that subsection A. Subsection A, all we did is add the, the A. It reads, in the absence of provisions in the Constitution, bylaws and policy manual all procedures of FCB shall be governed by the latest revision of Robert's rules of order we added a new subsection B it deals with the conflict of interest um, statements that we executed last October and will execute every October henceforth all officers, members of the board of directors, committee chairs, committee members, White Cane Bullet, Bulletin Editor S, employees, and independent contractors of FCB must agree to and comply with the organization's conflict of interest policy as stated in the policy manual. Uh, I will read that section one more time. Uh, in Article 11, we added A to precede the paragraph which says that FCB, uh, it says, in the absence of provisions in the Constitution, bylaws, and policy manual, all procedures of FCB shall be governed by the latest revision of Robert's Rules of Order. New subsection B, all officers, members of the board of directors, committee chairs, committee members, 
White Cane Bulletin Editor S, employees and independent contractors of FCB must agree to and comply with the organization's conflict of interest policy as stated in the policy manual. We will vote on this tomorrow. That completes the reading of the constitutional uh, amendment. There are no bylaw amendments uh, being offered at this convention. Any questions? There's a question? The conflict of interest policy as, as contained in the policy manual is a new requirement of state law for nonprofits, and it simply says that board members, that the people that are required to, to sign it, um, if they have a relationship, a business relationship with the council uh, and they're in one of those positions, they must disclose the business relationship uh, and have it discussed as to whether they can have that relationship and keep their volunteer position as a board member or uh, committee chair or whatever. So it's really just a reporting requirement that if you do do business with FCB, you will disclose that you're doing business with FCB and you won't take part in the decision to do that. Okay, anything else? Okay, with that, I'm going to turn the microphone over to our chair of ACTS. Okay, super. Um, what's the question in the back? Okay, Shelley. The nominating committee's report will be presented tomorrow morning. That we're not required to do it today that I'm aware of. Sheila, are you in the room? <laughs> are you prepared to give a report this morning, notwithstanding my promise to you, you didn't have to do it last night? And it's, it's your best friend that just got put on the <laughs> Okay. Come forward, please. Right here. Mike and Jeff, if you want to come up to the front of the room after this presentation, we'll right around the table. Okay. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> I don't have much more of a voice than I had last night. Um, the nominating committee, the proposed slate of officers are as follows. President James Crott, first Vice President Dan Spoon, second Vice President Doug Hall, Recording Secretary Debbie Dryley, Treasurer Linda Jacobson, and Membership Secretary Sally Benjamin. Thank you.
Oh, that's right. And, and we need a new immediate past president. <laughs> there, there's an easy way to take care of that. Just get a, a new president. Um, okay, uh, Vanda Pharmacy. Are you guys here? Come on up. Um, we, we are blessed. We started a, a sponsorship program um, this year, uh, several years ago, and we have several um, very fine sponsors of this convention. Um, the first one that I want to, to mention here is a silver sponsor, and that's Vanda Pharmacy, Pharmaceuticals. And here uh, to represent them is I am here, Mike. Mike. Yep, yep, thank you. Thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. I'm uh, Mike Maynard from Vanda Pharmaceuticals. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, it's an honor to um, support your event, the 63rd Annual Convention for the Florida Council of the Blind. It's, um, it's really exciting for us to be here. And uh, I have the opportunity to, to uh, attend a number of these annual conferences throughout the country. And you guys put on a great event. This is uh, a great, great program, a great weekend. So we're really happy to be here. Um, just wanted to provide a, a quick reminder. At 11 o'clock from 12 o'clock in the Commerce and Dockside Room, uh, we do have a medical science liaison coming to talk about and educate uh, a rounded disorder called non-24, which is a circadian rhythm sleep disorder that is very prevalent in, in the blind, particularly those with no light perception. And it's an opportunity to really become empowered and educated and gain um, kind of some really good insights and information as to what that disorder is. Um, and so we look forward to having as many people that can come to the event at 11 o'clock to come. We look forward to that. There'll be a, a great presentation, some, some um, Q&A, and an opportunity to um, gain some personal information, um, uh, have a health educator um, reach out to you individually to have a more personalized discussion around that disorder and uh, provide a number of uh, pieces of information and resources to you. So again, thank you very much. Um, it's a pleasure to be here and enjoy the rest of your convention. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate, appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, Kathy Rogers, are you back there? You want to come up for a minute? Before we start our panel, I am pleased to introduce to you all our gold sponsor, uh, Election Systems and Software Voting uh, Developers, one of the, the greatest uh, voting machines out there. We're pleased they're a part of our convention. We're pleased they brought their new machine, uh, the Express Vote, to show all of you in the exhibit hall. We've had really good participation there. We're looking forward to Kathy's participation on the panel but I want to personally extend my thanks, and I want you all to, to extend your thanks and appreciation uh, to them for their gold sponsorship of the FCB convention. Good. <laughs> good morning, everyone. It's so good to see you here this morning. Uh, I'm sure, how many of you have been next door to see the express vote this morning, or since you've been here? Terrific. We're very excited about that piece of technology, and 
we're going to talk a little bit more about that this morning, but I just want to thank you for the opportunity of providing a sponsorship to you. We're very pleased to do that, and, and we are very grateful for your partnership with us as we move forward with new technology. Thank you. Is uh, anybody out there from Envision, Amanda? I think we will we will hear from Envision uh, at the end of the of the program this morning at the end of the panel. Uh, I also want to thank our, our other sponsors: the Greater Orlando Council of the Blind, uh, the Tallahassee Council of the Blind, uh, Southwest, and Guide Dogs of Oh GDUF. CCTB as well. So we were very fortunate to have a good group of uh, sponsors this year. Give them all, please, a round of applause. Without further uh, words from me for the moment, I am pleased to turn the microphone over to our first, second vice president and chair of the Access Committee, Doug Hall. Good morning, everyone. Um, voting is a big issue. Um, I, I want to set the tone a little bit this morning. We have an excellent panel here um, to discuss some ideas, but I wanted to say something first. Voting has been around a long time. Um, when I started voting a long time ago, um, I had to tell a sighted person what I wanted and have them vote for me. And I never knew if they filled out that ballot correctly. And we used the old green monster back, back then. You know, voting has progressed. Over the past many years, voting continues to improve. It's slow, not as, not as fast as we would like. But voting is improving. We are moving in the right direction. What we want to do today is talk about where we are now, where we've come from, but where are we going? But more important than that is how are we going to get there? I want to encourage everyone to, it's my own personal thing, I want to invite everyone or urge everyone to get out there when it comes to voting and please tell our officials what you want. Or one of the ways to look at it is if you don't like anybody, vote for the one you don't like the least. <laughs> um, the, we have an excellent panel here to discuss various issues of voting, of where things are happening. Um, I'm the moderator, so I'm just going to hand this off to various people and have them talk about some of their issues, and I'll try to wrap up a little bit later. And let's see who I want to pick on first. I think I ought to pick on the guy who just gave me the job, Mr. Crott. You've certainly heard my position over the years, and... Um, my involvement in this issue going back as far as uh, the 2000 election, when I stood in a room full of more than 200 people waiting to vote, it was a room in my workplace. 
so the room was filled with people that interacted with me on a daily basis. And I signed in to vote and asked for uh, my assistant to be provided to help me mark my ballot. I was there as a plant by my supervisor of elections who asked me to, rather than vote with my wife as I always did, to vote at the government center location where his best poll workers were trained to provide the assistance that I needed just to see how it went. I got an individual assigned to help me vote and we went over to the voting machine uh, and I said, well, uh, I think under the law I'm entitled to a, um, a second witnessing poll worker um, to uh, complete this process. At that point, you can only imagine the look on my face, the aghast part of my psyche as the gentleman that was there turned around and screamed loud enough for everybody in the room to hear Quote, he doesn't trust me. He wants a witness to come watch me to make sure I do what he says. I could have crawled under the table. I'm only surprised I didn't. But that's what triggered my involvement in this whole thing 15 years ago. We've come a long way. We advocated for the rights of blind people to cast a ballot independently and privately and secretly. We got that right. We got that right relatively quickly um, as HAVA came in, as ele election systems and software brought the first accessible voting machine to Florida for certification, as we set out to develop a standard for certification in which I had input and as the other vendors, uh, Sequoia, Diebol, uh, came forward with their products and went through the certification process. Those machines, as many of you know or remember, were ultimately, um, because they were DRE machines, declared uh, illegal for all voters in Florida except those of us who were blind or could not see, um, because there were questions about the reliability and verifiability of the data in those machines. The legislature did not treat us the way we should have been treated. The legislature, when they outlawed this equipment, extended the usability and life of this equipment to 2012, 2014, 2016, and then 2020, thereby mandating that we continue to vote on old, antiquated, and otherwise considered illegal, improper voting equipment. Not for one year, not for two years, uh, but for 12 years. 13 years. Finally, uh, a year ago, I stood before you and told you that we had finally moved 
the Division of Elections into approving and certifying for use by blind voters um, ADA-approved uh, voting systems um, offered by election systems and software and, and Dominion. Um, it was a victory. It is a victory. It was a hard-won victory. Um, but we are moving forward. And I stand here today to tell you that we have more to do. We need to vote on voting equipment that is the same as that equipment available for all voters in Florida. Is this pie in the sky? It's my understanding that at the primary, Orange County, who uses ES&S's express vote, ran out of paper ballots. What did they do in a pinch when they were out of paper ballots? They got on the phone with the Division of Elections, and they got approval to solve their emergency problem by using their ES&S express vote machines for other regular sighted voters because they didn't have paper ballots. Was there a riot? Was there a cry for help? Was there a groundswell of opposition? No. In fact, our, our equipment, our voting systems, were suddenly called as saviors to the forefront. So to continue the struggle, it's our job to, one, get those counties that have not yet moved into the 21st century to get rid of their antiquated systems and upgrade. Not in 2020, not in 2019, not in 2018, but now. The next job we have is to advocate for use of this equipment, not just by us, so they can scream that only four or five or six or seven people came into the polls and used this equipment, but rather to have it usable by all Florida voters. That can be done. That will be done. Then, and only then, can we tackle the issues related to absentee ballots and whether those ballots might, for example, be filled out on a computer and then mailed back in by those voters who are unable to get to the polling place. Wouldn't that be nice? Or deal more fully with sample ballot accessibility issues. There's software out now. Several counties, in fact, have purchased that software. Uh, what is it, Democracy Live? Um, it's a good product. Uh, it was fought for by and developed in cooperation with a ACB representative. Um, that's what's coming. You've heard enough from me. Um, let me start by asking the incoming uh, president of the Supervisors of Election, Chris Chambliss, to um, give us some of his early preliminary thoughts. He's the Supervisor of Elections for Clay County.
good morning. Several years ago, my predecessor, Barbara Kirkman, along with myself, then as a vendor, provided the opportunities to go from the punch card system to then the ESNS Eagle prior to 2000. This would have been 1997. At that time, we were running into two issues to where the system was not being maintained properly due to the lack of parts. Fast forward to Hava, once we made the selection of ESNS's Eagle, we were then looking for an ADA voting system because Miss Barbara Kirkman, then supervisor, and myself, assistant supervisor, uh, realized the importance and the, the basic fundamental right of all voters being able to cast their ballot uh, in a, a very private way. We waited for the system to mature, the iVotronic at the time, and then I remember reaching out to the Clay County Council of the Blind for them to come alongside with us and partner with us to take a in-depth look at the iVotronic. We subsequent, based on that, that, that partnership, were able, able to make that acquisition. I remember Frank Sponholtz, and I don't know if any of you know Frank Sponholtz, a voter in Keystone Heights, his wife, Ann Sponholtz, was a writer for a local newspaper. And during the Keystone Heights municipal election, after using the Ivotronic, he said, Chris, I know, I assume that my wife was marking my ballot in the way that I intended, but I never really knew. Thank you so very much for bringing this technology to Clay County. And with that, we began a relationship of looking at Ivotronics specifically with some of the enhancements that could be made to that system. I am pleased to announce that, that after years of working with what I would consider to be the, the best tabulation vendor uh, in the world, election systems and software, who is our vendor, that they brought to the table a prototype of the express vote, which you see the completed um, version next door. And we took that to the Clay County Council of the Blind for them to touch it and feel it and, and work with it for several hours. And the input was as they appreciated the, the, the ability to change the tempo of course, the ability to adjust the resolution for and the contrast for individuals that might have macular degeneration. And the Express Vote is a, is a wonderful product. Going forward with Democracy Live, 
being able to have individuals sit in the comfort of their own home just like every other American has the opportunity to do and to cast their vote by mail ballot. We hope that we will be able to get certification of Democracy Live to where we can bring that technology to you. Furthermore, we hope that we can work with Democracy Live, which also has an accessible sample ballot that's available today, that we can give you the opportunity to uh, investigate the candidates more easily uh, going in the future. So I just have to give a huge shout out to not only my predecessor, Barbara Kirkman, to uh, lighting the, the, the desire beneath me, but also to our Clay County Council of the Blind that takes the opportunity um, and provides such solid feedback. And I just want to thank you for the opportunity to speak with you so far this morning. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. This gentleman is in co the, the, pre the president-elect of the association, which is uh, a really good place to be. Isn't it nice to have somebody with his philosophy in a leadership role? The, you know, the other thing I want to mention in, in listening to Chris talk, and I know other chapters have or areas have done it, but isn't it nice to hear somebody who is actually coming to us and asking, what do you think? instead of giving what they think we need. I, I encourage all of us to go home and, and have a dialogue with our, our supervisor of elections, our elections departments, like with Clay, like with other counties. Get a dialogue with them and let them know what we need and what we'd like them to do for us. Uh, anyway, Chris uh, and Jim uh, started really well with our, our idea of what we want. I think it might be good at this point for us to hear from Kathy Rogers from ESNS itself. Uh, Chris and Jim have both mentioned it, so I'd like Chris, uh, Kathy to come talk to us about her unit and where they feel they're going and we're going. Kathy? Um, I will say that if Chris is going to call ESNS the best election company in the world, I want to follow him always. I want him to always be the person <laughs> that talks before me. Um, I will say I, I have an opportunity to work with about 40-some-odd states in this country that, that we serve. And a lot of times, Florida election officials, you know, they, they're the butt of jokes sometimes, you know, because of 2000. But I tell everyone that I talk to that Florida has the best election officials in this nation, and I mean they have the best. I, I was recently, uh, during the Super Tuesday election, watching the other states whose election results were coming in, and Florida beat them all bar none. Uh, they got them in early, they got them on time, and they did a really nice job. So you are very lucky that you have great election officials here. As Chris was talking, I thought about two things that I wanted to share with you before I talk a little bit about the ExpressVote technology. Uh, today, I work with 
election systems and software as a senior vice president of government relations. But I started my career in elections as a poll worker a million years ago. And from a poll worker, I went to being a local clerk in the Savannah, Georgia, Chatham County Elections Office. And from there, I ended up being the supervisor of elections and then somehow ended up in Atlanta, Georgia as the state election director. But throughout that course of time, and that was over many years, I had a couple of defining experiences as it related to accessible voting equipment. And I thought of those when Chris was speaking. The first one occurred when I was a clerk in Savannah, Georgia, and I hadn't been in elections very long, and we had lever machines. Anybody in here ever vote on an old lever machine? Right. Really accessible, right? Uh, so we had lever machines, and then for the, for the absentee ballot, it was a punch card ballot that was sent to the voter you know, at, to, at home, and then those ballots came back, both not accessible technology. Now, I remember being a clerk there, and I remember that we got a phone call on election day from a voter who could not access their polling place. They couldn't get in. We're in historical Savannah, and there were a lot of barriers to polling places, and this voter could not get in. And I remember going to the chairman of our board, who was a crusty old soul and had probably had that job for 40 years, but I remember going to him as this kind of newbie, you know, clerk and saying, so what, what do we do when they can't access their polling place? And you know what his response was? Well, tell them they should vote an absentee ballot. And I remember thinking, I don't think that's right. You know, I just remember thinking that that just doesn't seem like the right response that I should give. Well, fast forward to my, my other defining story is when I was at the state of Georgia and I worked for a secretary of state who deployed new voting equipment across the entire state because we did not have assistive technology. And I remember it was election day and it was November of 2002 and she was uh, on the ballot and she was nervous, you know, we deployed new equipment and as any elected official, she kind of sent an advance party before she went to her polling place to vote because she knew that the media would be there to take pictures of her voting on the new technology. So she sent some, some staff in in advance to just make sure that everything was good in the polling place and they went in and they're like, yep, it's all good. She came out and she said she starts to walk in the polling place and a woman is walking out and she has her fist raised in the air and she's shaking her fist, just shaking her fist and she's very emotional. And the Secretary of State was like, oh my goodness, you know, they just told me everything's okay here, what's going on? And so she approached the lady and she said, are you okay? And she said, that is the first time I ever voted independently just now. And, you know, that was the flip side of what I experienced many, many years before that. And so got to, you know, Chris and I over the years have gotten to see what actually occurs when we put the right technology in the field. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what we have done at ESNS. Um, you guys have probably voted on many different types of equipment over the years. I mentioned lever machines and, of course, punch card and, and touch screens. And ESNS, and of course, you probably voted on Automarks as well. Um, ESNS acquired the Automark technology. We did not build and design that. We acquired it many years ago. And we knew that we needed to build a new uh, device that could be used by all voters uh, with any disability as well as regular uh, 
sighted voters. So we began research and development on a product. And as we started that research and development, what we discovered was that we had what was looking to be a very nice universal voting device. Universal in that it's for everyone has the ability to use the very same technology. In, I called it our uh, democracy present, uh, July 2nd of 2014, that system received our federal stamp of approval. And we, a little, little later here in Florida, but in November 19th of 2015, we received our approval here in the state of Florida for that technology. And I want to tell you so far how it's been going this year. Uh, this year I've had the, the advantage of watching a number of states use this technology, and they're using it in different ways. But what we're seeing is some people are using it as an assistive device only, which is the way we're currently allowed, only allowed to use it in Florida, and I'll talk about that in just a moment. Some people are using it, what I call the paper or plastic option. When you go in to vote, the voter gets the choice. Would you like to vote on this touchscreen express vote device, or would you like a paper ballot? And we're seeing when you give a choice like that, about 40% are going to choose to vote on the express vote. So some are doing that. Um, others are deploying express vote as their primary voting device. So they'll set up a number of express votes and have one of the DS200s that reads that ballot in. So we've seen all these different ways in which the technology's been used so far this year. Number-wise, I'm very pleased to say that technology next door, since we launched it in the market in 2014, is now certified in 24 states. There are over 15,000 deployed today. It was used this year in 225 jurisdictions. Um, it is the lightest, newest technology on the market uh, that meets this need. So we're super excited about the way that's been used. I was in West Virginia on Tuesday of this week, and they used it for all of their voters to come in and vote. They had a super long ballot. It took quite a while. They actually had 220 delegates on the ballot. Can you imagine? Yeah, uh, it was, it was the, the express vote had 72 screens, I think. It was extremely lengthy ballot, 220 delegates. And kind of sad, too, by the time the voters got there, you know, everybody dropped out, but they still had 220 delegates on their ballot. It's what happens when you have your primary very late. But we are, um, we are now working with folks like uh, Chris and the association to move this technology forward so that it can be used by all voters in the state. Uh, Jim talked about what happened in Orange County. I, I love that story, that the express vote ended up kind of being the, the lifesaver or available for all voters to vote on. I believe we'll get that accomplished next year, and we'll get that accomplished because of your support and your help in that manner, and we will seek legislation that allows us to do it. I will let, explain that the legislation, the reason we couldn't do it now is the legislation was written for a system that just doesn't, didn't envision a hybrid system such as what we have today. So there's just some terminology in the statute that needs to be changed to allow it um, to be used for all voters, and I, I feel good about our chances of that occurring in the next legislative cycle. So with that, I'm going to be quiet and see if you have other questions, Doug. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. We had another speaker scheduled, and I'm not sure, is, is Dion here? Dion. Oh, great. Good. If you come on up. This is Dion Downey. 
Dion is an officer with Duval County Elections, and I think Dion said she would like to learn more. But what I'd like Dion really to talk about, if you can, I understand Duval has some interesting um, procedures you're doing to make voting more accessible and more usable by people in Duval County. So if you talk about that and any other thing on your mind, Dion, I'd appreciate it. Thank you very much. Well, good morning. Um, Mr. Hall had asked if uh, Mr. Hogan could be here, our supervisor elections in Duval County. But unfortunately, Mr. Hogan, yes, unfortunately, Mr. Hogan uh, took a header on his last day of vacation and um, is recovering, but not quite as quickly as we would like for him to. So he graciously allowed me to um, come to this event and hear what y'all have to say and um, allow me to share with y'all what it is that we are doing in Duval County. So I thank y'all for letting me be the substitute. I am an educational specialist and my background is in nursing. I have a Bachelor of Science and my uh, career has been in nurse counseling and genetics. So for many years I have worked with um, folks who have different abilities and different um, courses of their health. So I've actually been in election since 2008 where um, I served as a volunteer and as a poll worker and um, since then I've become more and more involved and I've very much seen the need for education for our poll workers in, um, in educating them in how to assist our voters who have different abilities to vote. We in Duval County are using the Automark um, system and when we open our classes, um, we actually, the very first thing that we tell them to do is to turn their Automark on because it takes a while for that to warm up and we absolutely must have that Automark up and running um, the moment the polls open. We actually put everyone through that demonstration and cover it top to bottom. Uh, we, we also cover um, other issues with uh, disabilities. I'm working closely with the ILRC, the Independent Resource Living Center in Jacksonville, and we're holding an event called the We Vote event. Um, this has been held for several presidential election cycles. This we are expecting about eight to 10,000. Our mayor has um, graciously allowed us to use the city hall, the rotunda, and we will be able to set up all of our equipment and have many of our um, employees, election officials there demonstrating and speaking with the public and our poll workers. So we're expecting another very good attendance in that. We are, um, in addition to our education and our city events, um, we are actively listening. Again, I am new to Duval County um, elections with Mr. Hogan. I just came on in July, so I appreciate the opportunity to hear what y'all have to say, and um, I appreciate Mr. Hall and the work that y'all are doing. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, as you can hear, or as you've heard this morning from our speakers, things are moving 
maybe not as quickly as we'd like, but they are moving in the right direction. You know, it's nice that we're not moving backwards. Um, what I'd like to do is to open the floor to any questions you may have. And let's see, do we have someone here who could be a mic runner? Yeah, One, thank you very much. Uh, I'd like you to, if you have a comment, please do it on the microphone. Um, by the way, hello, the world. Uh, John is here. Everybody's listening to us, hopefully, uh, over ACB radio, which is great. I ask you to use the mic to make sure that your voice is picked up by ACB radio. And I'm, and I'm going to ask that you stand up so I can see you if you have a question. If you can stand up or raise your hand, whatever it right. is. And okay, I'm coming. Okay, hold on. Do you have any questions? And if you have a specific person you want to ask, you can ask for Dion or Kathy or Chris or Jim or whoever. <laughs> okay. Who has a question? Good. We're re- oh, wow. Uh, hey, Paul. <laughs> Very good. Um, I want to say it. I want to add a follow-up to um, first Chris, then Dion. Um, as far as Chris is concerned... Chris not only deals with the technology of the election um, aspects, but, you know, we've already heard about some people who couldn't get into polling places. Clay County is, like, part suburban and part rural, and Chris has put some mammoth efforts in, you know, including working with Clay Transit and other things to make sure that people got to their polling places. And in, um, let's see, I don't remember time's passed as quick. It was either December or early January. I went down to uh, Green Coast Springs and worked with Thunder and Kerry, who's in a, uh, um, one of Chris's assistants. And we went over scenarios in some of the different kinds of polling places they have. And the reason I'm bringing this up to all you guys is this is something you guys can do. You can go work with your elections people because what Chris really wanted to do is make sure that we had basically cradle to grave in a sense from the time you get off your transportation and start into the polling place to the time you walk out to make sure that you're comfortable, to make sure that things go right, do right. You're treated like you should be. We went over everything from Sighted Guide, which she already knew about, but we went over some of the scenarios for people who may have vision problems and um, orthopedic issues, which, you know, you have that among older people. And so I encourage a lot of you guys to get with your elections offices and make sure you cover all the small areas so that people really and truly are comfortable from the time they walk in to the time they walk out. Now, there's another aspect, too, and, and Dion, I'm going to address this directly to you. A number of years ago in my own polling place, which I happen to be the Clay president, but I happen to live in Duval County, so I get two counties' worth of election experiences. So um, I talked to my people at my polling place, and I said, guys, this is not right that I have to have somebody vote with me and I can't have a private vote. You all believe in this. So you need to help. Well, I've gotten help because we not only had the auto mark when that's been going through, but now we have the um, 
express vote, and I voted in the most recent primaries, and let's see, an election we had last year. Um, no, I'll take it back. I voted in the one this year with that. So there's two aspects for you all to go through. One is at the top level in the elections office, but one is with the election people right at your polling place because if you get their support, they will push your interests uphill as well as it coming down from the top. So I want to encourage you all to do that. And I want to thank all these guys that are here from the different elections groups because this has been fun. And believe me, if if all elections people did like Chris does and took every opportunity, I mean, he was proud when he came into our group. And, I mean, we did write-in votes and all kinds of things. You know, we wrote in Tiny Tim and no telling who, you know, to to uh, kick the tires on the 001 test model. And so... I'd encourage you guys, encourage your polling people, go from both top and bottom and build relationships, and it can work. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. Any other questions? Yep, I got Shelly right Oops. here. How do you do Hold this? On. Okay. Wait for the mic. Oh, okay. Can you all hear me? Hold on. Yep. Good. Okay. Um, I'm Shelly Sawyer from Tallahassee. Can My question is addressed to anyone who can answer it. Can someone tell us, please, which counties in the state of Florida are using this new equipment? I'm sorry, are using what? The new equipment. Okay, Kathy, I think, could talk about that. There you go. She she has a list. (laughs) I I anticipated this question. Today, we... uh, ESNS supports 41 of the jurisdictions in the state. Of that 41, 24 are using Automarks. Um, seven are still using the touchscreen technology. And we have nine counties currently using express votes. And those counties are Clay, Lee, Manatee, Marion, Orange, Pasco, St. John's, Volusia, and Lafayette. While you're here, um, do you have uh, any expectation to move some of the counties from the um, other products to ES&S? We do. There are a number of jurisdictions who are waiting for the potential for the legislation to pass that would allow the, the express vote to be used by all voters. And the reason for that is the express vote makes a very nice early voting vote center type of technology because what it does is it it allows you to use multiple ballot styles in one vote center or early voting location without having to have all those different pieces of paper. If you had a chance to to kind of test drive the express vote next door, you know that it's a blank piece of paper. You insert a blank piece of cardstock into it so you don't have to pre-print ballots in advance. And I don't want to, by any means, you know, Milan, as I said, Duval is here and they're using the, still, uh, the Automark technology. A lot of folks bought Automarks as replacements to their um, touchscreens and the express votes were not certified yet. And so when they didn't have a choice to purchase an express vote at that time and they made 
the, the right choice and, and a good decision to go with Automark technology. And I'm sure at some point in time when funding is available and they can get new technology, they'll probably move to express votes later because it'll give them an opportunity to also take advantage of those uh, vote center concepts if they come into play. So. Okay, question. Yes, Paul. Thank you. And and this uh, we're 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 uh, making our ESNS lady work hard, but I'd I'd like to ask a, a specific question uh, with regard to the legislation that we need to pass in Florida, in in order to get to the place where um, the new the newly certified systems. Um, will be able to be used by everyone. Um, we were assured by the Bureau of Elections that it would probably pass this cycle. So my first question is, um, do you have any feedback as to why it didn't? And then my second, feed, my second question is, can you provide us with the specific terminology we need to talk to legislators about changing? Those are all great questions, and I'm glad you asked. Um, first off, as to why it didn't pass, I will say I track legislation for the nation, and every year there are about 2,500 election bills introduced. And every year in this country, about 200, 255, less than 300 of those 2,500 pass. Um, elections legislation is also uh, is often difficult to pass, and in an election year, a presidential election year, it gets really hard because people aren't uh, accustomed to, to change at that time. I'll, I'll, I'll say part of the reason I think it didn't pass is I don't think that we, and I take responsibility for this, involved the supervisors early enough in the process, and I'm going to right that wrong by going to their conference there state conference that convenes next Sunday and to work with them directly on making sure that we have maybe not one but two paths for this bill. We tried to do it. Um, you, we were working with Senator Jamie Grant this year and he put the language into his technology bill and some other language got added into that bill which was problematic for some folks and so by the time that language came out who knows? I, I mean there's a a million ways that legislation dies. And for us, it, it, we got it in the bill and it got to committee floor and literally as they were presenting in committee, time ran out and that was the end of the bill. It was dead. Uh, it was also a tough session this year. So I feel much better about it next year because we're going to do this the right way and we're going to work with the supervisors and we're also going to work with the state. We're going to work with folks like you. You're going to help us, I know, because your voice has, carries a lot of weight and to your question about what does the language say, I will, if I could provide a copy maybe to Jim, and then he can provide it because it's pretty complex, um, and I don't want to bore you with trying to read it, but I'll leave a copy here. Thank you. Okay, another question. Uh, okay, I will probably eventually be voting in Florida, but I... I'm currently still voting in Ohio, where I reside, and so my question has to do with that. I, I happen to live in a county in Ohio where we use a deplorable excuse for accessible voting. Um, 
It's, it's called the heart machine, and it's a piece of junk. And um, I have gone every year and used it because that's the kind of um, uh, incurable zealot that I am, thinking that I have to show up and I have to use it. But in the primary in March, it was so important to me that to be sure my ballot be counted that I actually took a sighted person and did the old-fashioned thing of having someone mark it for me. Uh, because the the machine we have is is so terrible. So I was next door yesterday and um, underwhelmed initially to see, oh, yeah, here's another machine to test, and I was just ecstatic. It's an awesome, awesome machine. That's the way we all envisioned it, you know, back in 2000 when accessible voting was kind of a glimmer. Um, So my question, I just want to make sure that I, I... these are sort of clarification questions. I want to make sure that I understood. When you said that in West Virginia, um, the same equipment is used for everyone. So I was only interested in what I was doing on the express system yesterday. So I was listening and pushing buttons and everything was working. So does that mean that there's a screen and you can have the audio off and all voters would use the same machine and there would just be a switch flicked for audio for those who need speech. And the other question is, there was a reference to this equipment being made available or certified or something in 24 states, and so I'm wondering if Ohio is one of those states, and um, if not, is that on the horizon? Well, first I'd Thanks. say, I bet you live in Hamilton, Ohio? Hamilton County, yeah. Yeah, how, how about that? When you said the equipment, that's the only jurisdiction that uses that equipment oh yeah i know i I suspect it's the only (laughs) damn county in america it is such a piece of junk i knew immediately where you lived um i'm happy to say that the express boat is being used in ohio it has been certified there and as funds become available funding's an issue for a lot of folks in buying equipment but as funds become available there are jurisdictions who have been purchasing that technology and using it so automark's Express boats and touchscreens, all three of those are in use in Ohio, except for the place that you live. You are the <laughs> but, um, but it, the express boat technology does, and the way I described it um, as universal, that's what we call it. We call it a universal voting device. It has a, a keypad that can be plugged into it and left in, plugged in all the time. It also has um, sip and puff technology with paddles, etc., for those who require that type of technology. But then... For a sighted voter, it's a screen. It's a screen just like the touch screens, uh, the ones that that, uh, both Doug and Jim were talking about that are being outlawed here and you won't be able to use in Florida anymore. It's like that, but there's one key difference that makes that technology acceptable here, and that is that it's not a direct record electronic. It does not save those results internally to a thumb drive. It's basically a dumb terminal in that it's like the auto mark. It's like a big pencil, and it marks your ballot. It's a ballot marking device, and then that piece of paper then gets fed into the tabulator. So it is a touchscreen, and and when I talked about different uses, um, there were were some jurisdictions who are deploying several of those and letting everyone vote on it and put their ballot into a DS-200. There are others who only have one in a polling place. It gets to funding again. There's always that funding issue that comes to play. But no matter how it's being used, if, if the technology is out there, Automark, uh, ExpressVote, 
it's good technology and moving in. I said we're moving in the right direction. We're learning how to now build our products to be universal products. And that just was a mindset that didn't exist years ago. And now it's the mindset when we go to build something, it's, not, it's, it's for you to be able to use and you and everybody else be able to use the same equipment. Well, her question was um, if anybody else was using it universally, and there were four jurisdictions in Arkansas who did so, two in Virginia, two in Tennessee, and five in West Virginia this last week. Thank you very much. And hopefully you'll be moving to Florida and use our wonderful equipment. And okay, have we have wonderful... a... Okay. Okay, we have a question over here. Next question. It's more like a comment. My name is uh, Gene Sanders. I'm from Pinellas County, and I did vote on the auto mark. I thought the technology was great, but one of the things I felt was I didn't feel I had a secret ballot. Because we used the auto, auto, auto mark, the, the screen itself... Could be, was facing the center of the room. And all they got to do was turn that around and face the wall where I would stand in back instead of in front of the machine. That's because I use big print, not the earphones. I use big print. And anybody that went by, if you are legally blind and using big print, can see how you vote. That's a good and point, I have, Gene. I think it's an issue that has not been addressed. Actually, what I'd like, I'd like either Dion or Chris to uh, address your concern. I know how I would recommend it, but I'd like to hear a supervisor say what they would talk about. Uh, either Dion or Chris. Or both. The ADA system being the express vote or the auto mark, what we try to do with the system is that if it is used by an individual that has a vision impairment, therefore they need to increase the font size or to change the contrast, is to adjust the system to where the screens is facing the back of a wall or something. So then the individual can come around the system and utilize the system without having individuals stand behind them. So I believe that that's fairly customary in most all of the locations. The issue is, and one of the things that I believe that Doug was mentioning uh, earlier, the sad reality is poll workers get a maximum of about five to six hours of training for an election season. The reality for an individual to glean all of the information is difficult with only five to six hours. Thankfully, in Clay County, most of our poll workers or return poll workers year after years. We have many of them that have been there 20 years. 
But the, the issue is, is that until we can mandate more time, until we can get funding for more training for the, the poll worker, the election worker themselves, um, then it, it's very difficult in that short amount of time for them, even if they are a sponge, to soak up all of the knowledge and information. And then lastly, I would like to say that it's very difficult to make the right decision all the time, especially with the pressures within they operate at and the long periods of time that, that the election day is. And I always tell our, our poll workers, our election workers, that it doesn't matter if we do an amazing job bringing services to the citizens of Clay County for 364 days out of the year. We're graded in that 12 to 15 hour period on election day. So do they get it right all the time? No. But I assure you that with the amount of effort that we go into uh, that was relayed earlier with trying to get with various stakeholders in the community to give us those insights into uh, changing our, our training, uh, that we make every effort, but then it's required, it's a requirement for them to do the right thing at the right time, 100% uh, of the time, and that's difficult. So for, for Pinellas, I apologize uh, for, for the, the issue where you feel that your um, that your privacy was violated, um, but that's typically not the way that we operate the system. The question was: Is who sets up the room in the polling places in Clay County? The first thing I don't know if you re recall this name, but Chip Wilson was an ADA specialist in the area, and we employed Chip to spend a summer with us to go to each one of our polling locations and make sure that first that the egress and ingress was accessible, uh, but also to discuss the setup of the room. And then what we did is we created um, maps of the room and supplied them to the election workers so when they come in typically believe it or not the elections workers like to show up the night before and and spend the time to get the room right but they'll set up and rearrange all of the furniture tape down all of the cords make sure everything is correct uh, for election day so they set it up to the diagram that they are provided by our staff, which was created with the help of ADA specialties. Dion, did Dion come up here? Dion, did you want to be heard on that? Okay. Um, let me just add, Gene, that what you need to do at this point on the advocacy front is get in contact with your supervisor. There is an ADA standard in place. That machine is not supposed to be in a position where the screen is viewable by the public. It should be faced in a direction that it can't be easily seen. And you need to talk with them so that it doesn't keep happening. 
the only way that these problems get resolved is by dialogue with supervisors. And if we don't have that dialogue, no one else is going to do it. Okay, thank you. You're a good advocate, and I figured that. Thank you. Okay. By the way, just to add some little bit to what Gene is saying, you know, we are doing a survey next door on, on people's experiences. And Gene, thank you for filling out the survey with us yesterday. Um, one of the questions on our survey is, if you had a problem, have you contacted the poll worker or the elections office to let them know? Because if they don't know, they can't fix it. So I appreciate you doing that. Okay, next question. We're done? No questions? No. I have... Oh, okay. Actually, um, first of all, I want to congratulate those people from ESS. I loved the big buttons. I am one of those dinosaurs who don't have an iPhone and love buttons on things. So thank you. That was one of my... Will they make sure they always have those? My other questions are, are perhaps related. Um, I've never used any independent voting procedure because I've always trusted a particular friend who's helped me vote. Well, one of these times, maybe she won't be around. So um, first to Doug, is there a kind of standard group of questions or... Uh, something that, that, since I've never advocated for any election things with supervisors, to introduce myself and then know which questions to ask. And could that be emailed to those who perhaps are less advocates than as I've been? Uh, the other question is for somebody, maybe it's someone told me at the ESS that, oh, your county uses our competitor. And is there a possibility that eventually all of the state of Florida will use ESS? And those no, are I don't think so. But, you know, yes, uh, your county may be using their competitor. Now, let's see, I'm trying to think you're Indian River. I'm not sure what machine Indian River is using. Um, both the... The Dominion Ice and the ESNES vote, uh, Express Vote are wonderful machines. They both will do what's needed. I personally like the Express Vote. Um, frankly, it's what you can use if, it's, if it is a unit that fits what our needs are, then hey, you know, go with it. Um, I tell people all the time, first of all, I prefer if people go to the poll and use the machine. But if you have to use a sighted person to vote for you, or you use an absentee ballot, which is also using a sighted person to vote for you, you know, the thing is, it's, yes, poll work, going to the poll is great, but voting is really what's important. Um, in terms of questions, Marcy, you asked... I'm not sure what questions. I know, well, first of all, people where I vote, we've been voting there for years, and they all know me. Uh, so I walk in, and they already assume what I want. 
Um, I think you may need to go in and say, I am visually impaired. I need to use the machine. Um, in Florida, in some counties, that's one of the problems we have right now, they do not offer the machine to anybody who comes in. Unless you say, I want to use that machine, they may not tell you about the machine. So you need to, you need to indicate, I need to use that machine. Uh, you might want to indicate you're visually impaired, but that's not necessary. I don't see that there really are any other questions that you really need to say, other than you want to use the machine. Okay, Jim. Marcy, if you want to have a dialogue with your supervisor, uh, you can call me or Doug and get a discussion going about how you might approach the supervisor and what you might ask for. Let me tell all of you that are here today, FCB is a democratic, and we try to be very politically correct, non-biased um, organization. I want all of you in this room to know that I personally sent two or three written requests to Dominion to ask them to, one, exhibit the ICE voting system here, and two, to participate in this panel discussion. They chose not to be here today. That doesn't mean they don't have a good product, but it is disappointing that they did choose not to uh, attend our convention, and I want you to know they were asked and encouraged to come. Yes? Okay, you want to get her the microphone? Hi. Thank you. Um, first of all, I want to First of all, I want to say how much I enjoyed using the machine yesterday, and I think it's something that's going to also be um, very useful for our older citizens um, that have trouble uh, moving around some of the other pads that we've voted on in the past. Um, I have two questions. My first one is, I know the voting machine that I use in Tallahassee based on what it looks like, not by its name. So my first question is, would you describe the auto marks so I know what we're using in Tallahassee? So that's first. My second question is, is a legislative question. I know the Constitution of the United States does not say that we have to be provided anything other than the opportunity to vote. So does the ADA counteract that? ADA basically says any program that is available to non-disabled must be equally provided to people with disabilities. The Florida Constitution, the Florida Constitution does require secret, ballot. secret ballots, and that's fundamental. You know, any time you tell somebody else how to vote, that you, how you want to vote, it's no longer a secret. Right. Now, I said it, does that then over counteract the United States Constitution? It doesn't counteract it, it just clarifies it. Okay, okay. And then would you describe the automark? Okay, in terms, of, in terms of your unit, I believe Leon County is using Dominion ICE. It's very similar to the ESNS. 
But, I mean, there are differences, but they work you know, sort of. Colored buttons that you have to hop all over the machine? I don't remember. Okay, thank you. Uh, Kathy, do you want to express, do you want to take that? You're not, you're not, okay. Um, you know, I do recommend, uh, and, and I wanted to say something that Jim said, I do recommend that all of us get in touch with our elections officials, talk with them, do it, get a dialogue going. Uh, you know, it may be that they just don't know what you want. So it would be a good idea to get a dialogue going. I really like what, uh, what Chris and Dion have said about working with people to shove them the machines. Uh, I asked Chris, uh, since you're going to be heading up the um, association, I'd like to encourage the counties to reach out to our groups and get, and get a dialogue going with our groups. But I also encourage our groups to dialogue with the elections officials to let them know what our needs are. And I think we're about out of time. I think. Okay. Uh, oh. Okay. Jim wants to make a comment, and then I think we're going to be moving on to our next sessions. Jim? Before we move on to our next session, we have one, uh, one item to take care of after we complete um, this panel. I just wanted to say advocacy is so important in this arena. It's a hot topic, it's a good topic, but uh, a number of us from the Miami area met with the Miami-Dade uh, Supervisor of Election a year ago, had a very informative and productive meeting, and last December we were invited to participate in and take a significant role in poll worker training uh, with respect to issues uh, relating to uh, needs of voters with disabilities. That only came about because we were there, we started a dialogue, we asked questions, we made suggestions, and we had an offer. It's not a complicated thing. You tell your poll, you tell your supervisor things that are going wrong, things that need to be changed, that need to be improved, and maybe you can convince them that you too want to take part in that poll worker training. Uh, education. Education is such an important part of it. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being a great uh, audience and uh, I'll turn the mic back to Doug. Thank okay, one couple of last things I want to mention. First of all, I want to thank Chris, Dion, and Kathy for being here. Um, fantastic information. I appreciate that. Voting is so important. Also, I wanted to say that Nancy and I are going to be next door in the exhibit area, right across from the ES&S booth. Uh, we are filling out surveys for people who did vote in the presidential primary, getting an idea of what your experiences were in voting. So we ask you to stop by and fill out the survey. It doesn't cost anything. It's painless. Also, check out the, the, those great voting machines. Thank you very much. Have a good one. We uh, have one more uh, gold sponsor, excuse me, silver sponsor that I would like to introduce to you this morning.
Um, the silver sponsor is Envision America. Uh, um, Amanda is here, and I want to let her say a few words to you. Hello, everybody. How are you this morning? And how's your convention going so far? Uh, I just want to say first that I am so excited to be at the Florida Council of the Blind Convention. Uh, when I started with Envision America five years ago and I was first put on phones, I first got to start talking to people in Florida. So for the fast, past five years, I've been on the phone speaking to everybody in Florida, and I'm finally here to meet everybody. So um, that's really exciting. Also, Envision America has relocated to Florida. Um, so we are in Palmetto. We'll have our company fully transitioned by January 2017, so we're a lot closer, and I, you'll see me a lot more. I don't, is that good or bad? <laughs> um, again, thank you for having us. Uh, I'm proud to be a part of this, and I believe that Florida Council of the Blind is amazing. Everybody does such a great job. I work with a lot of different states and a lot of different um, ACB affiliates, and don't tell anybody, but you are my favorite. <laughs> so I'll be talking from 11 to 12 in the anchor room. If you want to come see me, uh, come on over. Thank you. Okay, everybody is off and running to their next session. I hope you found the information useful and helpful this morning. Uh, we thank you for getting up early and coming in and participating. Have a great morning.